Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's podcast, I wanted to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us and helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Back on the show today, appearing for her second time, is Certified Strength and Conditioning Coach Rachel Hayes. Rachel, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be asked back on and to, to get to discuss training. Now, now, you know, obviously we're still here in West Virginia. We're in a, uh, a suspension of soccer, uh, not 100% sure when we're going to be returning to play. Uh, hopefully that's going to be decided here within the next few days or so. But I want to kind of go over, and I figured you'd be the perfect person to talk to about this. And, um, you know, we've got kids that have been doing individual training out in the backyard. They've been doing Zoom sessions with their team. Some kids have been, you know, sleeping and and watching Netflix, which is okay. Um, You know, it's been a difficult time uh, for the past few months or so. A lot of uncertainty, not sure what to do and how to do it. But I want to go down the idea of when we get ready to return to play here in the state of West Virginia for our youth soccer players. What are some of the things that they should be thinking about? What are some of the things that they should be doing to help prepare themselves? And I guess the biggest idea behind that is do everything within their power to reduce their chances of injury. So why don't we go ahead and kick it off? And like I said, you know, players have been doing things on their own for months. What overall message would you give to youth soccer players as they begin this process to return to play? Um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of things, but my, my main uh, overall thought uh, is that you need to proceed with caution um, and gradually begin your training practice, uh, training or practice process, um, you know, gradually. Um, it's been several months that we've all been, you know, sheltering in place. Um, it's okay to accept the fact that you're not going to be where you were prior to this um, COVID outbreak. And that's okay. Um, it's going to take time to build it back. Um, but it's better to be slow and gradual um, rather than, you know, potentially get hurt, getting hurt, and then, um, you know, maybe derailing your training for an even longer period of time. So um, better to just, you know, better play safe than sorry. Now, here in West Virginia, we have a, uh, a rule where uh, club and high school cannot play at the same time. Um, you cannot participate in both club and high school at the same time. So we have our three week out of season coaching period. They've most counties in the state have scheduled it for in July. So we have the month of June, you know, there's talk about restarting, uh, play around, uh, June 8th. So you have June and you have July before high school begins up. I think it's August 3rd, uh, officially with preseason. So, we have, you know, two months and, you know, I get the impression that, you know, there may be some that are going to try to fit in a spring season in two months, which I think could be potentially, uh, not great. Um, 
and you know, and I like the idea of you talking about being able to proceed with caution and and gradually ease back into things. So, what can what advice can you give to coaches of what they can do to help their players reduce the chance of injury? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's great. Um, a great question, um, and because they play a huge role in this. Um, but I think the main thing is to have a patient, logical mindset. Um, you know you need to meet your athletes where they are. Um, it's very, uh, illogical and almost irresponsible to think that, you know, they're going to show up on day one and you're going to try to whip them back into shape in a matter of a week or, you know, days. Um, it needs to be, like I said, it's a getting back in shape is a gradual process. And, um, I think avoiding, um, exposure to really high intensity, uh, you know, uh, uh, games or skilled uh, skills or, or drills could be potentially damaging. Um, uh, the the uh, NSCA, which is the National Strength Conditioning Association, um, along with uh, the CSCCA, which is the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Association, uh, have a joint position um, on guidelines when planning practice or training sessions from a um, prolonged cessation from training. Um, it's called the 50-30-20-10 uh, guideline. And basically that states that um, that first week back, that 50 part is a 50% reduction in training volume. Um, week two is a 30%, week three is a 20% and so forth. And so you're gradually building back into that full, you know, what that full uh, practice um, or training session may look like. Um, and that's just to protect the athletes, you know, let them let them acclimate um, what that might look like in real time is you might, you know, half, uh, half the amount of drills you had planned. So if you normally have, you know, X amount of drills planned in a normal situation, half that. Um, and then, you know, maybe spend the other half of your time allotment on field, um, you know, doing a cool down session or maybe reviewing uh, game scenarios where they're not actually on their feet and participating. But, um, I think that is um, is key. Um, I know that we'll be following that once we are allowed here in Texas uh, to return to the weight room, um, but that can apply anywhere. Um, another thing is I think you need to make sure that your athletes are getting a thorough, gradual warm-up. Um, you know, don't rush them through it. That This this whole thing, if, if it's taught us anything, there's just no point in trying to speed speed through things. Um you know, when it comes to warm-ups and soccer players, um, you need to make sure that you're including things that prime the hips and the core, um, things like glute bridge variations, uh, mini band walks. Um, those are things that I definitely like to do with my athletes. Um, so things like, you know, shoulder taps and side planks, um, make sure they're really good and warm and ready to go before you uh, embark on your practice session. What are some practical tips that you can give or advice that you give to players of things that they should be looking for, uh, things they should be thinking about as they get ready to return to play? Um, I'd say there's a lot of there, a lot of things there. Um, you know, if you know your training is about to ramp up um, or you have a date, you know, when you know that your team activities are going to uh, begin, um, you need to start, you know, readjusting your body. Um, don't wait until the night before to decide you're going to try to go to bed early. Um, because if you've been, uh, if you're anything like some of my athletes, you know, you've been staying up watching Netflix <laughs> and 
you're not going to be tired at 9:30 or 10 o'clock. You know, you're used to going to bed at the AM. And, uh, so, you know, don't, don't do that to your body cause you're not going to be tired. Um, you know, don't wait until the morning of to eat breakfast to decide that that's a good time. You're going to start eating breakfast, start, start prepping your body and giving, you know, getting your, your whole system back on a, on a schedule. Um, you know, uh, begin making hydration a priority, um, especially as we're getting into the summer months. And that's another thing, uh, you know, we've all been indoors and it's starting to get warm. Um, if you're not spending time outside, you need to start, you know, uh, getting outdoors and uh, practice, maybe practicing doing some dribbling uh, in your backyard at the same time you're going to anticipate having practice just so that you can acclimate to the heat. Um, and then another thing that I, uh, I recently saw a discussion about is if you haven't been wearing your cleats, um, you need to, you know, maybe start breaking those in again because different shoes um, are going to, you know, you perform differently in different uh, uh, shoes. And so uh, you want to start getting your body used to that again. So there's a lot of things, but I would say definitely don't wait. Um, start doing that now. What are some mistakes that you think uh, players may make uh, as they get ready to return to play? Um, I definitely think the overarching picture there is that um, a lot of kids will want to do too much too soon. Um, you know, like I said earlier, uh, it's okay to accept the fact that you're going to feel different and perform differently than um, before this all this whole COVID thing um, took place. Um, and that's okay. Um, but you know, you say, say you go to that first practice back and you're, you're just, you realize like, wow, I'm not as in good a shape. That's okay. Um, you know, don't go home and try to, uh, go on a, you know, five mile run or something and, and, uh, trying to whip yourself back into shape because, uh, sometimes that can make things worse. You know, say you do that, and then you go back to practice in a day or two and, you know, you feel like you're even worse. Well, it's because your, your body is not um, recovered. And so it just kind of can, can turn into a vicious process and then you end up, you know, potentially getting yourself hurt. So definitely try to um, restrain yourself from doing too much too soon. I, you know, I see this and, and we've actually seen this at the professional level with uh, some of the professional soccer leagues starting up and, uh, especially the Bundesliga, and we're hearing, obviously, yeah, I mean, these are conditioned athletes, and these are professional athletes, so they're always making sure that, you know, what they're putting in their body, what their uh, activity level is, and things along that lines, but it's not the same as being in season with your team and having a regular schedule. Uh, we're seeing a lot of injuries come uh, within the league from players, and I think you know, that's something that we can look at, especially from the youth level, because, I mean, these are not professional athletes. These are youth athletes. Um, you know, if you know a player will probably eventually uh, have some sort of injury issue, whether it's major or minor, you know, if they see this happen and something experience something, what steps should they be taking to take care of themselves? Um, yeah, that's definitely, um, the kind of the unfortunate, you know, reality that we're kind of faced with is that we're, you know, probably going to expect to see a higher injury rate, um, regardless of how careful and cautious we may be. Um, I would say, you know, if you, if you're, if something happens, you, you know, you need to stay calm. Um, if you, you feel something happened, you definitely need to go ahead and pull yourself out of 
whatever you're doing. Um, I would definitely caution, um, you know, trying to continue a, a drill or a run or whatever it may be. Um, because, you know, maybe you just strained uh, like a muscle, a soft tissue injury, but um, you go ahead and try to finish whatever it is you're doing. Um, that may make it worse, or you may end up doing something else to yourself. Um, you know, when we get hurt, um, pain uh, or injury can cause us to compensate. So, you know, you may think, oh, I'm fine, I'm going to continue this drill, and then you know, you're also in pain. And so you, you're, you're moving differently and that, and that, and that kind of causes a cascade and you could end up getting yourself hurt worse. So I would definitely say, um, you know, be really cognizant of your body and how you're feeling. Um, and it's, you know, it's your, it's part of your job as an athlete to stay healthy. So, um, definitely communicate with your coach about what's going on, but yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on that. Um, you know, um, one, I, I, it's no secret to the folks who listen to this podcast that I love certified strength and conditioning coaches. Um, I, I love the work that they do. Um, I like what they do for athletes. I know what they've, you know, my daughter's uh, strength and conditioning coach has done for her and, mm -hmm. and has provided such a valuable benefit uh, to her in her athletic career in keeping her relatively injury free. Um, you know, I, I, I think, and I think one of the things too, that I like about strength and conditioning coaches is that they always seem to have that methodical, um, uh, thought process of not, I mean, pushing things, but not pushing things beyond, a reasonable level. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that probably that players need to learn and coaches as well need to learn to not, you know, pace ourselves into a situation where we're creating havoc with our, with our athletes and creating uh, potential future problems and, and things along mm -hmm. those lines. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's just, um, you know, in the strength and conditioning world, and, and by the way, thank you for the admiration we, we appreciate that across the across the country string coaches do um but there's definitely a um you know there's this you need to always ask yourself why why are you doing what you're doing and um that's a big kind of concept in the strength world but i think it it definitely needs to apply to sport coaches as well you know why are you doing this drill why are you wanting it at this intensity why why you know make sure you're clarifying what you're doing because you know your primary role whether it's a strength coach or a sport coach is the um you know the, the health and safety of your athletes that should always come first so you definitely want to take a step back and you know kind of analyze the whole situation um when it when you return to your training process yeah you know i think too from a standpoint that might you know help help coaches um in this time too is not only necessarily the the um the health and well-being of their players also too but also from a liability standpoint i would think absolutely you don't want yeah. i mean in, in our day and age and you've got to be really overly thoughtful uh when you're when you're scheduling trainings and and especially you know coming into june and july where we're getting extremely hot months of the year uh, you know, we need to be cognizant of that and, uh, you know, making sure that we're we're not putting the 
overall goals of, you know, getting our team back fit and ready to go over the health and well-being and liability of, of our players. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, especially with the, the summer months coming up, um, and the, um, you know, there was the, the dangers that can come with overheating. Um, you know, I think the, the ethical point or the ethical place that coaches have, um, needs to be emphasized a lot more sometimes, um, you know, it's the game or the drill or, you know, where we're trying to go is not as important as the health and well-being like right now. So, um, yeah, absolutely. There's a liability there. Um, and you know, these kids, um, you know, you don't, you don't want a tragic situation to happen where you have a, a kid that's overheated, um, you have to think about, you know, injury. If you, you know, if you have a kid who tears their ACL, that's that's nine to twelve more months where, you know, they're they're derailed and and that affects their life in the long term. It affects their ability to get recruited, um, maybe go to college. So yeah, there's a lot of really bigger implications here that should be considered. Um, and I think that, you know, this obviously should always it should always be considered. This the situation with COVID has definitely kind of highlighted that. And I hope that one of the positives that we take away from this is that, you know, these things should always be at the forefront when we're training uh, athletes. As we wrap things up here, Rachel, if you could just give our youth soccer players one piece of advice, and I'm sure coming from you would be very hard, just one piece of advice, but what, as they get ready to return to play, what would that one piece of advice be from you? Um, Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I would say, uh, you know, regardless of what you've been doing during this, this time, whether, you know, you've really been trying hard or you, you know, maybe you have a family situation where you're, you can't uh, devote time to soccer, or maybe you've just been, you know, really soaking up the Netflix. We've all got different situations, uh, but be smart about your training. Be gradual about it. Um, don't, uh, don't beat yourself down. Um, it'll come back. I think also, too, the big thing is that uh, what these athletes need to understand, we're all in the same boat, all of us. It's not one section of the country that has been affected by this and the rest of the country hasn't. Everybody's Mm -hmm. been affected by this in some way, shape or form for an extended period of time. And, you know, we're you know, we're not we're not you know, training. We're not getting together. Everybody in the state of West Virginia has not been doing that. Right. Um, You know, the NCAA came out with their, with extending their dead period, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're not getting, you know, recruited, so to speak, as actively as maybe you would have before, but everybody's in that same situation. I, I think that's a great point to bring up that we're all in the same situation, um, you know, together and, um, you know, it'll take some time for us to kind of get back to things and and uh, get back to quote unquote normal. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you're you're uh, we're, we're all kind of on the same same playing field right now. So uh, just let's be smart about you know trying to get back to to where we were and uh, yeah, take care of yourself. 
Rachel is a uh, wonderful follow on Twitter. That's where I found her a number of months ago and uh, liked what she was putting out on Twitter, which is the reason why we had her on, on the podcast and invited her back again. Uh, where can they find you on, on social media? Um, my Twitter handle is uh, rhays 2 I believe. I always forget my own Twitter handle. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm on there probably most often. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Rachel K H two. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good discussion on Twitter most days. So it's a good place to inform yourself and kind of be in the know. And one thing too, that I like is you get a lot of, uh, um, uh, discussions that go uh beyond and you retweet them too but um discussions that go beyond the surface a little bit more so if athletes are kind of interested in um maybe the whys behind some certain things they can find some great stuff on your feed definitely so yeah definitely like i said it's a twitter is actually a really good educational platform so um i i know that i learn a lot you know just reading through threads and i think that um that athletes can also find um, some decent information on there as well. There's a lot of very intelligent people um, sharing good thoughts. I agree. Rachel, yeah. thank you so much for coming back on our program and helping our uh, youth uh, soccer players get ready to return to play. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.